My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Friday, the 4th of November. My name's Sam. I'm Nina. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking to Maddie and Sophie from You're in Good Company about the mysterious world of venture capital funding. It's like this treasure chest that exists in startup land and I want to tell you all about it and they're going to help me out. But first, Nina, what is making headlines this morning? Attorney General Mark Dreyfus has said that complaints made under the Racial Discrimination Act increased by 57% during the pandemic. While speaking at an event hosted by the Australian Human Rights Commission this week, Dreyfus said there are allegations of race-based misconduct across sporting codes and within workplaces and in other aspects of public life. New South Wales Chief Health Officer Kerry Chance has said that COVID-19 cases will rise over the coming weeks. In a video posted on social media yesterday, Chance said, quote, we're entering the next COVID wave and urge people to keep up to date on their vaccinations and stay at home if they feel unwell. Nationals leader David Littleproud has said that Australians need to begin conversations on the potential for a total ban on gambling advertisements. It comes after the federal government announced new taglines would replace the current Gamble Responsibly line. The new taglines are based on behavioural research and testing. And your Friday good news, the Australian Women's Rugby League team has begun their World Cup campaign with a 74-0 victory over the Cook Islands. The World Cup began this week after a year's postponement because of COVID-19, with Australia seeking to defend its title after taking out the tournament back in 2017. Maddie and Sophie joining us. It's nice to have them back on the podcast for a Friday episode of The Daily Oz. Meets a bit of You're in Good Company, which is a fantastic finance podcast by these two wonderful women. Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about the world of VC. Uh, And Maddie, perhaps we'll start with you. Before we dive into some big news from the VC world, what is VC? So the term VC stands for venture capital and venture capital funds invest in startups in exchange for company ownership. So Sam, pretend I'm the partner of your Ingle Company VC fund and I am investing $1 million in TDA for a 1% stake in the company. Pretty good valuation. I, the VC fund, make money by investing in the early days when TDA is still in the startup phase, then selling my investment in a few years' time when it becomes Australia's largest news outlet. Now, let's put the daily odds aside for a moment and you'll see why in a second, but I have to say, sounds like a pretty great investment. It's Important to note that investing in startups is actually considered really high risk, and that is because, according to Imbroke, 90% of all startups fail. But you know what they say, high risk can lead to high return, which is why venture capital funds attract big dollars from either high net worth individuals or other financial institutions. And so I know that there's a couple of big VC funds in Australia and Some names that come to mind are ones like Blackbird, 
Airtree and SquarePeg. There was some big news from Blackbird and SquarePeg over the last couple of weeks. What's happened? Yeah, so Blackbird is a well-known VC fund in Australia, having made several successful startup investments in the last few years, including Canva, Safety Culture and Culture App, a few names that you might recognize. But it's definitely not alone in its success. This week, it announced that it raised $1 billion from big superannuation funds and wealthy private investors. Last week, another VC firm, Square Peg Capital, also announced it had closed a big new fund coming in at $861 million. So not far behind. So let's just follow the money there for a minute just to really draw out that example. So I have a super fund and money goes into my super fund that I know I'm not going to get until I'm 65. And the super fund then gives the money to Blackbird And then Blackbird go out and find companies to invest in in order to make me have a better return on my super fund. Is that kind of how it works in the long term? Yeah, that's right, Sam. So some of the money that Blackbird has raised will go towards, I guess, providing further funding for its existing investments. So Canva, CultureAmp that we mentioned earlier. But the Blackbird co-founder, Rick Begg, has also said that they'll keep using the cash to invest in early stage startups. So according to the fund, 70% of its investments are made before companies have even started making money. And sometimes before a company has even made a sale or completed a product and it says it plans to keep it that way. So what will this mean for the Australian startup landscape? Yeah, so the instability in the economy this year has led to a really big downturn in startup investing. But apparently, according to these guys, it is a great time to be getting in. So in an interview with Smart Company, the founder of Blackbird said it's a time where we can really seek out founders who are doing their life's work and we can spend time with them before having to make an investment decision. Larger amounts of money to invest also creates a lot of opportunity to improve the gender investment gap that exists in venture capital investing. The unfortunate reality is that just 22% of all the money invested in Aussie startups in 2021 had at least one female founder, and that's actually down from 28% in the year before in 2020. And a pretty crazy stat for you, the co-founder of one company accounted for 69% of all female funding in Australia for the month of October. Lucy Liu is the co-founder of Airwallex, which is an online payments company, and she founded the business with her two Melbourne uni mates in 2015 at age 25. The business is now worth $8.6 billion. But what has been coined the Lucy effect, she actually accounts for 22% of all VC funding to Aussie female founders since the beginning of 2021. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. So you guys are female founders of a budding media company, and We have a female founder in Zara Seidler here at Daily Oz. What can we do to have more female founders in the Australian ecosystem? I think a lot of this really comes down to the networks that exist within venture capital. So, you know, you can imagine that if you're looking to raise money for your company, you're going to go first point of call to the people that you know. So it has this network effect of, I guess, guys reaching out to guys that really compounds. So I think a big part of it really comes down to getting more females in investment positions so that they can see the potential of female founders and the products that they're trying to sell. 
I hope that that 22, 28% gets well above 50% uh, in the years to come. And um, that thank you so much, Maddie, for those really valuable insights. Sophie, if you were a VC fund, would you invest <laughs> in robots changing the restaurant industry? Funny you ask that because my story is about robots changing the, in- in the, the restaurant it's industry. It's almost like this is my 438th <laughs> episode of The Daily Oz. <laughs> What a segue, sorry. Well, yes, uh, my story today is all about robots changing the restaurant industry because a new robot has been developed by the University of Tokyo, which can peel a banana, which I know sounds not that impressive, but for a robot, fine motor skills are something that they have really struggled to master because it's something that's unique to primates. So this university has shown a robot how to peel a banana over 17,000 times, and it can only peel it 57% of the time. But the reason why this story is really interesting is because it may point to the future of how robots are going to be used in the restaurant industry. So I can only peel banana 51% of the time. So that's already doing better than me. (laughs) Do we actually think that robots can replace humans in a kitchen? Yeah, well, I guess for a bit of background, automation has been really slow to take off in the food industry, particularly in economies like the US. A major part of this is that, you know, restaurant wages have been historically really low. And so it's almost there's no incentive for owners to shell out the money to actually invest in automation. You know, for example, there's a machine called Flippy. Can you guess what Flippy does, Sam? Does it peel a banana? <laughs> no. <laughs> Flippy flips burgers, but to run this machine, it costs $3,000 a month to do so. And if you do a bit of quick math with the minimum wage in the US, which is about that $7 mark, it's actually cheaper to employ someone. But I think post the pandemic, things are really starting to change. You know, between March and July 2022, an average of 760,000 people quit their jobs in the US across the accommodation and food services industry. And and restaurants are really experiencing shortages in workers. Plus, including that the fact that technology is coming down in cost, I think we're really going to start to see robots come into certain areas of the restaurant industry because we'll just caveat that they don't have taste buds. So I'm sure they can't necessarily take over everything. (laughs) They don't have taste buds yet. They might have taste buds one day, but it's interesting that kind of reframing of this automation v human uh, labor question that it might be a situation where it's actually more about humans not wanting to do the task rather than robots replacing them out of kind of a, a... too quick of a succession in the transition. And I also think that there is an element of what consumers demand. I mean, for example, there's a really cool company called Stella Pizza, which is been has been founded by the former SpaceX engineer. And pretty much this pizza is made in a minute in the back of a truck, can, you know, go anywhere, find you anywhere, been done really quickly. So I think there's definitely an element of, you know, consumers demand more. They want it in a faster time. They want it made by an engineer of SpaceX. So it's definitely a mix of things. It was funny. I was in LA a couple of months ago and I saw these little robots buzzing along the sidewalk and stopping at crossings and everything. And they were uh, automated delivery of pizza. And it, they looked like little Wally machines. <laughs> um, and they were buzzing around LA, stopping at traffic lights and dodging cars and they were doing their thing. So automation, automation is here. 
you know, it could be only a matter of years until we're replaced in the kitchen by Flippy. I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I would love to come home to a homemade burger from my automatic robot. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It's Friday, so we'll let it slide. Sophie and Maddie, thank you so much for coming on The Daily Oz this morning. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. If you need some weekend listening, check out The Mirror. We've got three episodes up there and the final episode, the big finale, is dropping on Monday morning early. Have a wonderful weekend wherever you are.